Hey everyone, welcome back to our Quality Matters podcast. I'm your hostess, Darcy Chambers. I'm Kyle. He's my co-host. Yes. Kyle Chambers, he was trying to say, but I cut him off. (laughs) Um, Kyle is video recording this time, but I can't very easily look at the camera. I'm okay with that. He has said he's not sure if he's going to use this video yet, but I think he's just telling me that so I won't get nervous while it's recording. (laughs) So maybe next time he'll set it up a little bit better so he can get both of us. In today's global economy, quality matters. Benjamin Franklin once quipped, the bitterness of poor quality remains long after the sweetness of low price is forgotten. Quality Matters is here to talk about all things quality. So whether you're looking to improve your business, getting ready for an audit, or dealing with failed inspections, tune in, check us out, then get back to doing work that matters. (laughs) We're continuing our mini-series on the ISO 9001 standard and really what it is. I've said Mm -hmm. a number of times, it's so big. If it gets handed to you, what do you do with it? Yeah. Oh, man, now everybody's going to see how much I talk with my hands. Me too. (laughs) (sighs) And I I check my phone a lot, too, to uh, keep track of how long we've been talking because we try real hard to keep it at the 20 minutes. So so this is week three of our mini-series. Yes. And we're going to talk about the definition of quality is what my notes say that Kyle has written up for me that normally you wouldn't be able to see if we were just (laughs) talking. (laughs) So I have learned the definition of quality from working with you Mm -hmm. and you define it as, I don't know if this is ISO's definition, but uh, this is is just my definition. Write down what you say you're going to do and do it. Repeatedly. Repeatedly. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes, because I've said it's like a science experiment because mm-hmm. you've got to be able to repeat mm-hmm. the results. Yeah, because if, if people can't expect a certain standard from you, it doesn't matter what it is. Think about this. This is a great example, and I love this example. Say you buy a box of pencils. I bet I have a better example. No, Go right. ahead. Say you buy a box of pencils, mm-hmm. and they're all unsharpened, flat tip, but every single box is the same. You know what to expect when you buy that box of pencils. But if we buy that box of pencils, some are sharpened and some are not, uh, we, we have questionable quality there. We don't know what to expect. What else could be going on that we don't know what to expect? Maybe some the erasure is going to suck. Some the erasure won't suck. Some maybe the graphite <laughs> is that a technical term? Technical term. Okay. Yes. Well, my example is Chick-fil-A, which is right next door. Yes. You, I mean, they never suck. They always get our order right. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I mean, I can't, I'm sure they've gotten it wrong before, but I can't remember the time. And that's a big deal because we have mm-hmm. three kids. There's five of us coming through that <laughs> drive through and everybody wants a specific sauce and, mm-hmm. you know, drink and this and that. And they get it right every time. Yeah. Well, you could even talk then about uh, customer satisfaction because if they do get it wrong, generally speaking, they're probably going to be nice about it. They're going to mm-hmm. be kind. They're going to be respectful. So these are customer satisfaction things. I mean, and again, the, the, all of this feeds into quality because, hey, we can expect that from them mm-hmm. every single time. And if Chick-fil-A is listening, we would love to talk to them about a sponsorship for our podcast. That is true. That is true. <laughs> because they are a quality fast mm-hmm. food restaurant. It's a Agreed. good place to go. Um, because they do what they say they're going to do repeatedly. Mm-hmm. They do it well. Um 
what else did you want to talk about here? Requires planning for is what you have written down on your notes. Yeah, let me see them. Oh, he forgot what he wrote down. <laughs> it's been a while since I wrote this down. It's been a while. Okay. Oh, um, our table is spinning. Yeah. So, okay. So we we want to talk about um, about planning because if you're gonna set out to do something on a repeated basis and provide a certain level of quality each and every time, you have to plan. You have to spend a lot of time planning, mm-hmm. and, and people really underestimate how much time we're, we're talking about planning. But the problem is a lot of people, when you talk about planning, they immediately jump to the work construction level, right? Well, we're going to do this step, then we're going to do this step, then we're going to do this step, and, and this is how, how we're going to do it. And those things are important, but that's that's only one piece of the pie. So we want to talk about things like, like risk. Well, how do you plan for risk? Well, you know, these are things that maybe we can go into a little bit more detail later, but a, a risk is just a chance of something good or bad happening, really, right? Okay. So, so you think about, like, you know, if... Uh, you know, we went to Vegas, what, one time, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I enjoyed the risk of the slot machine. A lot. And, hey, Repeatedly. I, and I came out ahead. <laughs> I came out ahead. Um, hey, Kyle, could you go downstairs and get me a Coke? <laughs> Ten minutes later. Oh, we need to cash this in before we leave. It now out. I know what was taking. I could not trust him alone anywhere. But um, it's a great example, though, because it is a risk and something good could happen, something bad could happen. But that's why you take a risk is because, you know, something good could happen. I think that's important to point out because risk has a negative connotation. It does. The word risk in itself. Unplanned risk, definitely negative connotation. Planned risk um, can turn out can turn out really quite mm-hmm. well um, but organizations don't spend enough time thinking about well what could go wrong and how could we make that into something that could go good what are some things that could go well and then you think about your sales process every time you you uh you go out to make a a sell i mean those are risks you're taking the risk you're wasting all of this time and resources mm-hmm. i mean well in fact i was talking this morning about a software development project for a company and you know they were talking about how one of the projects that they were working on um, they spent $3.6 million in research and planning before they even bid the project. Now, granted, it was a multi-billion dollar project, um, but you really got to know what those those risks are. And a lot of people don't don't take time on it. But we can probably do a whole podcast on that. In fact, uh, we're doing a, a QMS boot camp training this week, and we're probably going to spend half a day doing nothing but talking about risk. Okay. So um, we'll come back to risk. Yeah, but... we'll come back to risk. All it's... right. We've got a plan for the risk. So... We got to talk about um, operational needs, right? What do you need to do the business? These are things that folks generally generally think about. Um, Well, again, we need to talk about what type of safety issues are going on, what type of environmental issues are going on. Because if you mess up on those, no matter how large or small you perceive the risk, is really going to have a devastating impact on your business. It's going to slow you down. It's going to cost you time, and you know, God willing, no one gets hurt. But oftentimes, that is that is the case. Um, so you really want to take time to think about these things. And the last part that people don't think about is interested parties. And this kind of goes hand in hand. This with is risk. still under the planning. Yeah. Okay. So what's an interested party? And this is one of these new terms in the ISO 9001 standard. Well, really any of the um, new Annex SLs, but they're just uh, a way of making a lot of the standards more uniform, more, more understandable. But... Um, what are interested parties? Well, this is anyone that has an impact on your business or you could be impacted by or, you know, vice versa. Mm-hmm. So had one client, um, they had a abrasive blasting facility 
and they'd uh, really done a lot to build it up. It's really a fantastic facility. Um, and everyone that worked in it had to wear uh, hearing protection, so they you know, assessed a few risks there and made sure that the people had all the proper PPE they needed to be safe, but they hadn't considered the fact that there was a neighborhood half a mile away behind the tree line. And that neighborhood half a mile away behind the tree line, when those bay doors opened, they weren't very happy. <laughs> right, so that would be an interested party, yep. even though you don't consider that usually. Exactly. So, and they had a, a lot of time, cost, and expense to, to uh, make it better. Now, in the end, it, again, it's just a fantastic, fantastic facility. Um, I walked in there after they'd finished all of the work, and I had no idea that the uh, that folks were actually blasting. I just thought it was the background noise from the machines. Oh, okay, so cool. They, they so did they, it. they resolved the situation. Oh, yeah. They did a terrific job. Um, we really got to uh, got a plan for things. Um, you want to go from here? Oh, I don't know. What's next? <laughs> Let me, uh, oh, then we've got a... Wait, do you talk about safety and environment? Oh, yeah, you did. Mm-hmm. So we're on requires checks and measures. Yes. So how do you know if it's good? Let's talk about the Chick-fil-A example. This is something mm-hmm. a lot of folks can understand. Well, I kept thinking about Chick-fil-A as you were going through the planning, the risk. Mm-hmm. Well, most of the time it goes well for mm-hmm. them. So their reward is obviously they're very profitable and popular. Mm-hmm. And people know they can, like, well, when we go. Like third year in the row, they're the most popular chain in America. Yeah, I have to say, like, when we go on vacations, we usually drive. And we mm-hmm. plan our road trip as far as, you know, when we can stop at a Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yep. Because way better than some of the other fast food Agreed. options out Agreed. there. Um, but um, then their risk, if something goes bad, they usually resolve it quickly. No problems mm-hmm. no questions asked and my pleasure is right. how they resolve it and then you know even uh what would you say oh the safety and the environment they to speed up the process of ordering through the drive-thru oh, they yeah. often have people uh-huh. outside taking orders swiping your cards but they have safety saw, vests yeah. on and then we were they've even added to the safety vests they've at one drive-thru they it. had ice yeah, packs in their it. safety vests to it. keep them cool and i've noticed it appears to me that they kind of rotate them out mm-hmm. on a pretty regular basis so that again we're in houston it's very hot yeah. even in october it's hot outside yeah. so <laughs> They rotate them out pretty often, and then as you go through the line, they'll usually have a kiosk there to mm-hmm. pay before you get to the actual window, and mm-hmm. that person usually has a shade, too. Mm-hmm. So they they are very conscious of the safety of their employees and the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So and it's And all awesome. of these things, you know, we're talking about here, the checks and measures, is all of these are points to, to check your process. Mm-hmm. So how are you doing? So you have a perceived risk, right? You know, mm-hmm. you've got interested parties, customers are interested parties, mm-hmm. employees are interested parties. They're like the two biggest uh, yeah. interested parties. So you need to know how you're doing because if you're not checking to see how you're doing, I mean, I know this sounds horribly cliche, but it is so incredibly important, is if you are not checking yourself against some standard, you, you have no idea what your quality is or isn't. Right, and I don't know what Chick-fil-A standard is. I doubt they're following ISO 9001. Right. I know that they had a great leader, uh, Kathy Truitt. Was that a Truitt? Uh, Kathy? Truitt Kathy. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know if I got it right. Um, I read up a little bit on him. We were you know, trying to get somebody from Chick-fil-A <laughs> corporate on, on our podcast or a sponsor yeah. or whatever. Anyway, so I read up a lot on him, and it was a lot of interesting information. Mm-hmm. And so he really set the standard, and I love that they're keeping the standard mm-hmm. alive, even though he is gone, and this is not a Chick-fil-A no, <laughs> no, podcast. It's, it's, it's a, what it's, it's great, turned into. <laughs> it's a great example, though. It, it's something everyone can, can relate to, which is such a hard problem with 
talking about quality and quality management is people just can't relate to it. Well, and that's what I was going to say. Okay, so we were getting ready to talk about checks and measures. Clearly, they have something that they do because I think that that's what I like about Chick-fil-A is that they are constantly Mm -hmm. checking and changing. Mm -hmm. You know, it used to be, I don't know how long ago you go through the drive-thru and it was backed up forever. Oh, yeah. They said, we got to fix this. So then they put the people out and Mm -hmm. then they added the safety vest to the people. And now they've added ice packs Mm -hmm. to the safety vest. And they've got the multiple lanes and people taking your order before you get to the the order point. And And then they've got a kiosk to pay for Mm -hmm. cash. So when you get to the window, Mm -hmm. it's just get your food and go. Let's just think about the cost associated. Again, this would be fantastic to find out more details. <laughs> uh, but think about the cost of each one of those people, the cost of construction for the extra lane, and, and then the the equipment that they've got to take the orders, electronic mm-hmm. equipment. I mean, we're talking about significant cost. Um, most organizations don't throw money at a project unless they have reason to believe it to be useful. Right. This so is they're where, doing something where, right. Yeah, take, keep okay. track of your numbers. It's so key. you want to talk about checks and measures. You have a few things listed, NCRs, CARs, mm-hmm. audits, mm-hmm. compliance so, reviews, management reviews, yeah. so and supplier for most, monitoring. <laughs> for most organizations, the, these are kind of the typical tools, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure someone like Chick-fil-A has their own internal processes. Which but, we would love to know what it is. Yes, we would. <laughs> So if you are someone or know someone, we'd love to have you on here. Um, but so we, we talk about some of these things. Actually, this is all stuff we're talking about this week in the training as well is, you know, NCRs, CERs. So an NCR, nonconformance reports, sometimes are deviation reports or nonconforming materials. I mean, there's thousands of names these things go by. But all we're talking about is something went wrong. We recorded what went wrong and what we did to fix it. There's no preventative nature in it. We're not trying to stop it from happening again. It's just a stopgap. This happened, but you record it. And we're going to make sure it doesn't happen again. Not yet. No, oh. no, we're just recording it went wrong. Oh, and how we fixed yeah, it. Yeah, and okay. how we fixed it. That's okay. it. We're just recording it. This is your, one of your number one sources for improvement. Okay. Because sometimes things just randomly go wrong. You can't do anything about it. So I feel like, and this is just me thinking this, that uh, companies would think that that would be a bad thing to have on record come audit time. But then I would think it's not because it shows that I'm checking things. I have showed up for an audit before and they had no nonconformance reports and they had tons of corrective action reports. So I'm sitting there kind of scratching my head. I mean, it's possible, but... How on earth are you going to be fixing every single problem so it never occurs again with such a teeny tiny small data set? So can you have a corrective action report without an NCR? You can, but if you've got... Or is it usually the CAR follows the NCR? Yeah. Yeah, usually you might have, hey, this thing occurred five times this week. I don't want it to happen next week. Okay, well, let's let's put a fix in place so it never happens again. But create the NCR yeah, first. Exactly. Okay. Record those deviations. Record those problems. So the NCR doesn't count against you in an audit as long as you just say it happened and here's what we did to fix it. The only thing that counts against you in an audit is not following up on stuff. That's really it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm doing an audit and I find that you've got 10 events um, that are darn near identical and you keep doing the same thing to fix it each time, 
well, we're going to have a conversation about that. Yeah. I mean. Like, let's do something different. Yeah. You know, why, why, why does this keep <laughs> happening? A, it's a conversation we have with our kids. <laughs> yes. If that doesn't work, or no if mom kidding. doesn't answer you the first five times she call, you call her, then let's do something different. <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. But, you know, these problems that everyone has. So a corrective action, one of the big things there is we want to get at the root cause. Because you can't actually stop it from happening again unless you know why. Why it happened. Um, one of the things that I, I try to advise folks to do is when they're in that process of identifying the root cause, is let's go ahead and capture a little bit of risk information here. So let's see, well, how often does this occur? Um, it could be that this was uh, like a once in a million years type thing, but boy, howdy, it really hurt us. Like this mm -hmm. was a really devastating, we can't have any risk this ever occur again. Or it could be, yeah, this happens like once a week and Joe over there has to go fix the machine. Okay, let's let's not run into that anymore, right? So we're going to take a look at, you know, how often it occurs. We're going to look at the severity, you know, of a, like a 1 to 10 scale. You know, we're, we're going to take a look at detection. Like, how easy is it for us to find this when it happens? Because if it's easy to spot a mistake, mm -hmm. uh, it's actually not that bad. Versus if it's really hard to catch the mistake. We only catch it after three layers of examination. Ooh, that that's that's that was really hard to catch so we need to we need to watch out for it um so let, let's attach a little bit of a, a risk assessment to it at the, okay. you know, when we're trying to figure out the root cause and knowing how bad that risk is which is really just multiply the three numbers together um if you know how bad that risk is well now you can plan well how much time do we really want to put into a preventative measure here and so you can really start to make those good business decisions um, and, you know, maybe you invest in an, an extra kiosk or maybe you don't. Because, mm -hmm. you know, when we know how severe that risk is, well, that, that's really important. Yeah. But I, I think so many companies don't spend the money to figure that because they don't know how to do it themselves. Right. And maybe they don't know who to call to yeah. help them figure it out. Not Ghostbusters? I don't think so on okay. this case. No. <laughs> um, okay. So we've talked about audits already a little bit. That'll mm -hmm. help you with your checks and measures, especially if you have an outside party coming yeah. in. I think we've talked about on that, that on our podcast before. Yep. Um, it's just easier to have a new set of eyes look at things, um, especially if you can find an auditor that you trust and not, you don't want to get the gotcha auditor. It's <laughs> terrible. But don't save it all for the audit. Don't, don't bank on your auditor being your number one source of um, detection and quality improvement. Oh yeah, I totally agree, but it, it, you need both. Yeah, You, you need the both. internal, mm -hmm. somebody on the inside, somebody yep. on the outside, get some fresh eyes. Um, compliance review? Yeah, compliance review. This is not so much for the, the quality side, but more for um, like uh, health and safety, or environmental compliance, or maybe like IT security compliance, or any mm -hmm. of these other things, because there's a lot of laws and regulations around what you do. Um, I guess this could kind of apply for folks in the oil and gas world as well for, for quality. Mm -hmm. But we've got a list of all of the laws and regulations for what we have to follow. But um, do we do we have the processes in place, the procedures in place to to account for it? Well, what about when those laws get updated? How do we know? Yeah, how do you know? So yeah. you really need to do like a once-a-year assessment and say, okay, fine, we're just going to look at everything, and we're going to see. Make sure and, we're doing it all. You know, once you get it in place, keeping up with it, it's not that bad. It, it's actually fairly straightforward. You just look when was the last date that this uh, federal regulation was updated or this customer mm -hmm. requirement was updated, 
hey, our procedure is still newer than that. Move on to the next one. Move on to the next one. Okay. You just have to assume you did it right the first time. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't think you assume. You make sure you do it right yeah. the first time. Okay. Um, real quick, we got to wrap up. So management review? Yeah, management same kind review of thing. is kind of the capstone event of the, the quality management system, and it's where all of this gets funneled together. <laughs> all of this gets funneled together. Okay. And then supplier monitoring. Yeah, your supplier is another one of those interested parties, but it's it's just absolutely crucial. You got to know how well they're doing for you. Um, and it depends on maybe how important this particular supplier is. Say it's direct material suppliers, generally pretty important. Commodity suppliers, the guys you buy your safety glasses from, okay, not, not quite the same. Okay, I was about to ask you to tell yeah. the difference between those but i guess i kind of gave us a little bit of a definition and so when you put all of this together and you're really checking and analyzing it you can wind up with a really good system okay so that is the definition of quality yeah i guess mm-hmm. and how you can work on achieving it yep and then we're talking about planning and checks and measures and you know if, if you look at a traditional quality management training right so they talk about uh, the plan do check act model mm-hmm. i mean we're following through it, and this is really how I go through and uh, conduct my audits. When I do the uh, the third-party surveillance audits and um, certification audits, this is how I roll through it. All right. Well, there you have it from the mouth of Kyle Chambers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, uh, y'all. Thanks. We're recording. We're recording? We are. We might want to try to look that way a little bit. I don't want to look that way. Okay, we won't look that way. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Katie does. Yes, I know. <laughs> are you ready? Well, we're recording for at least 30 seconds now. Oh, well, let me start my timer so I can keep track. Mm-hmm. <laughs>